Hey everybody, I'm Jay Jones. And I'm LT. And we are the, the Dose, Dose Offensive, Offensive Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Now let's talk about some shit. Hey everybody, welcome back to the DOG. Uh, I, of course, am uh, Jay Jones here with LT. And we have uh, kind of, I don't, I don't know how to say what kind of episode we have today. We really, this is the kind of episode where we found something that connected to something else. And we have a ginormous rant about it. Yeah, that's pretty so much. So that's pretty much how this is going to go. It was one thing that led to another thing to led to another thing, and and it's just it's just the giant Charlie Fox. Now you know, and it's funny too because you know you say a giant rants about this, but you know as mentioned earlier, uh, we definitely want to debate people or have people share their views on subjects uh, such as this because they're they're kind of hot button subjects, all that. However. You know, you've ever noticed that anytime we try to invite people to share their views after trying to disagree with us, they never want to do it. They never. Oh yeah, they're very outspoken until you you invite them to come yeah. do it on the air or yeah. just on a recording or just put it on the record. Cause, yeah. You know, hey oh. hey hey, because I mean that that's what makes good good listening is to hear two different sides of a story and come to your own conclusion. True. And in, and it also is the best way to get towards you know the truth of a matter because there's some things that are nuanced right so they have varying degrees but then there's some things that are objectively true or false mm-hmm. right and the best way to do it is to discuss it and, and present um, facts and evidence on both sides so that you can determine which one you know what is the closest to the truth and you don't find that in echo chamber so. You know, the best way to get at that is to bring other people with uh, differentiating uh, or opposing viewpoints and talk it out. But I find a lot of people, you know, today, you know, they're saying the art of debate is dying because people don't want to debate topics anymore. They want to debate their feelings. They want to present their feelings and they'll say, I feel this way. And therefore, if you present something that that I find offensive then you should be shut down. We don't need to talk anymore. Like I watched a debate where uh, a guy, you know, guy and girl uh, were sitting down, and the dude was spinning facts, and then he's like, "All right," and then I'm presenting my opinion, and he differentiated between opinions and facts. He said, "These are the facts. These are this is my opinions based on those facts." Mm-hmm. And the girl was like, "That's really offensive." And he said, "Why? What's offensive about it?" And she's like, "You know what? I just can't do this anymore." And it, I'm like, it just made her feel uncomfortable. Yeah, because she, like, she, she, her entire notion didn't have anything to support it. Yeah, and then she's like, you know, I, I and he, he was like, what? He's like, come on, let's talk about this. It's like, if I said something wrong, let me know. And she's like, no, I'm done, I'm done. And I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's typical of what's happening today. You have people who are really to talk about something, but you know, if they find themselves, if they are offended by something then they just want to shut everything down. But one thing I'm not going to shut down is Bartender Weekly. Bartender Weekly. Where we drink. Oh, yeah. And drink. And I'm actually I'm looking forward to this one um, because we are back with the Balvini. Yeah, it's the Balvini. But instead of having the Double Wood 12, we have the Balvini Caribbean cask 14. Ooh. So it's actually... So aged 14 years and then put into dun, 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 rum cask. Ooh. Right? Doesn't that sound good? Yeah. And it's at the age of consent for Germany. In Alabama. Oh. <laughs> and Alabama. <laughs> Maybe Louisiana? Maybe Louisiana. Definitely Mississippi. Because when I'm, 
what I'm about to do to this whiskey. Right, yeah. be dirty. It is a little bit. You have a little bit on your lip there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, according to the Balvini, uh, the Balvini Distillery has been owned by the same independent family company for five generations. Nowhere else will you find a distillery that still grows its own barley, that still malts its own traditional floor maltings, that still has coopers uh, to tend the cask and a cooper and a, a coppersmith to tend the stills. Uh, from the, this distillery comes the Balvenie Caribbean cask, characterized by toffee, vanilla, and a hint of fruit. Mm. So that is actually from the bottle itself. Um, I had a little bit of tasting um, when I when I got it because I already knew I was going to get it. I just wanted to to taste it, but um, it, I have not tasted delicious. this one yet, and no. I am salivating, waiting. Salivating, for it. a little so bit of drills coming out of uh, yeah. LT's mouth right now. Uh, so. According to uh, Master of Malt, the Balvenie Caribbean cast bottling notes. Uh, this whiskey has been matured for 14 years in traditional oak cast before being transferred to the Caribbean rum cast to impart some extra flavor. This process has created a well-rounded and drinkable whiskey with, no- with notes of fruit and vanilla. No toffee? Doesn't mention the no toffee. No toffee. Well, not not on this, but I'm sure we'll we'll taste a little bit of that. Uh, so a little bit more of the tasting notes. So on the nose, the aroma is rich with notes of tropical fruits, namely passion fruit and creamy toffee. There we go. There Boom. We go. And also on the palate, sweet vanilla forms a creamy palate with notes of apples and mangoes with a hint of orange in the Ooh. background. Looking through the window. <laughs> And also the finish. Uh, the finish lingers with a vanilla-focused character. Uh, we'll tell you some more about that. And also the overall mouth coating and fruity with superb balance. This is a, an excellent new release from the Chops at Balvenie. So um, I'm pretty excited about it. And also, of course, uh, we have the Metal Cubes. And which you'll hear, and if you hear those, then you should be drinking with us. Uh, also, it is my turn to toast. To the toast. To the toast. I toast. May you live as long as you like and have all you like as long as you live. Okay, so there's definitely toffee in there. Oh, yeah, definitely. So good. Oh, that's good. Right? That's good stuff right there. So like I was telling you earlier, I didn't realize how much we drink until I started throwing away bottles, and I was like, oh, I've had this whiskey. I've had this whiskey. I had this whiskey. <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> I'm starting to tell the guy who's selling the whiskey how the whiskey tastes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I have a part. I have, I, have, uh, I have a podcast where we drink, and he's just like, Sounds about right. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I always tell people when they ask us about our podcast, I was like, what do you do? I say, well, first we drink and then we just talk shit. And it's like, oh, that's like 90% of the podcasts out there. Yeah, except we're way better. We're way better. Way better. We're so much cooler. We get a cool. We get this cool. Uh, so going. cool. So cool. Joe Rogan. So, hey, hey, I'm waiting to get that Rogan bump, man. Uh, uh, get on that top 10, top 10 of iTunes. <laughs> Oh, but uh, so a little bit of what we mentioned earlier. So this is uh, uh, something that we've talked about before, some of the topics of 
of what we'll go through today. And it just kind of daisy chains from one topic to the other because they're all kind of supporting arguments to an overall ideology that we both have. And uh, again, going back to what you said earlier, LT, we do agree on on many things, mm-hmm. many things. Uh, but not everything. No, not everything. Absolutely no. not. And there's, I mean, but there are times am, that I'm just trolling you. I am the better looking of the two. That is actually again, that is something that is hugely up for debate. I'm just saying. So, uh, 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 but we definitely invite you. <laughs> Distractions. So. Uh, Definitely uh, want to encourage more participation uh, from our listeners. If you guys have questions, different point of views, any uh, anything, any kind of feedback for us or um, anything that you want to know, give us a shout, leave a comment, or better yet, you know, ask to be on the show. We might just let you in the door. Yeah, and I mean, I am I I definitely welcome uh, opposing opinions. Now, granted, I will defend my opinions and I do defend them hard, but I expect the same, you know, if it's an opinion worth having or is a a stance you have, I think you should, I do believe you should be able to express it and, and offer support and stuff like that. And I do that with mine. So yeah, I, I definitely, uh, encourage it. And, uh, but the one thing I hate, I'm going to tell you this right now. One thing I hate, I hate when people are, will talk shit. Like they'll hear what you say and then talk shit about you, you know, to other people. And then when you try to like, all right, well, why don't you talk to such and such about this? And then they're like, yeah, nah, nah, you use a bitch in my eyes. Yeah, don't, I, don't I got, that. yeah, I had, I had, like, I have no need to talk to him. It's yeah. just like, well, then you don't feel that strongly about your you argument. You don't feel a strong argument. And yeah. then, and two, what does that matter? Because if you're not, like, if I, I express something and you were to come to me, you know, now granted, I'm saying you don't have to talk to anybody you don't want to talk to. That's definitely. You know, we're not saying that, but like if I express myself and then you have an opposing view that you want to express to me or talk about my view or if you want to if you're if you want to go on the record and correct you, your view. Yeah. Then then don't 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 puss out when offered the chance. I mean, that to me, that just tells me that your view is not worth it. it, it it's of no substance to me and it should not be taken into consideration. And you know, I'm wrong. I'm I'm very open to have my mind change. You know, when presented with facts and, th- and 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 showing that I might be wrong on something, I will I will correct myself. Well, that's the thing. Stephen Crowder does fantastically well. I think I do like I do like. So his I, I love those. I, oh, I love it. Uh, I recently talked to to a friend who said that uh, the change my mind was kind of a dick move, and I was like, I don't think it is. He's like, but he's he's trying to target these people and get their opinions, like. He's targeting university students who will then go out and like yeah. you know he he's a he's providing a an opposing viewpoint on a controversial topic and giving in, you in a, a chance sa- to argue it, yes, argue it. in a safe area to have an actual civil debate. He hasn't raised his voice. He hasn't yeah. called names. He has he has he has had very uh, constructive dialogue. And there's and, and and for the record, I actually disagree with Crowder on several things. Uh, I actually very vehemently disagree with him on several things. But the fact that he's willing to have a dialogue on these things, you know, and and invite invite to the you know, because even if you don't, I always say sometimes too, the debate or the the discussion might not be to change the other person's mind, but it might get us you know the spectator that third person it's something to think about. Right, you know what I mean? Because sometimes that helps. This happens. That actually happens a lot with a lot of people. They'll they get to listen. I mean, that's what happens with political debates all the time. You know, people sit and they look at this um, and they hear what's going on from both sides, and 
and and, and it might sway their pre- opinion, you know, or sway their way of thinking, you know, might because they might be introduced with something they didn't know before. They might be, uh, you know, they're introduced to facts they didn't know about, or they're introduced to, uh, you know, just a, another viewpoint or another way of looking at something. And and it's helped a lot. It, it helps a lot of people. Well, it, I think it's just very important to to be able to have a constructive dialogue hmm. without um, without um, spectators, right? Because from what I've seen, you know, you have uh, let's use uni- universities as an example. Hmm. You have uh, people like Milo, like uh, Ben Shapiro, Jordan Peterson. That are, you know, they may have right views. Jordan Peterson's independent, but they may have right leaning views on things or mm-hmm. just not leftist leaning views. And then the leftist will come out in droves to protest them. Well, see, they're wrong, though. That's not the. Well, well they're that. wrong. What I'm saying is that they're there to speak an opposing viewpoint. And instead of listening to it, they're yeah. protesting it. So I, I, look, I believe in and, this one. In mass, though. That's yeah. the thing. They're protesting you, it in mass. If you're not on the stage, you shut the fuck up until right. you give it. Now, most, most debates I've seen and been to, they have a Q&A sessions where you can ask people, you know, different questions. Mm-hmm. Um, that's your time to talk. But during the debate, if you're not on stage, that's that's like being a heckler at a comedy show. You know what I'm saying? If you're heckling at a comedy show, no one paid to see you or hear you. Right. Shut the fuck up. I agree. I agree. All right. So when these people come out and protest because, oh, I don't want him. I don't even fuck. I don't care if it if Hitler himself rose from the dead and decided to speak on a university, I would go listen to him. I think that's and why I, I like would, Milo the, me- the most. Yeah. Because when he gets the hecklers, he it's like a comedian shutting up a heckler. Yeah. Like like he just puts him on the spot and then it's fantastic but how see, he deals with them. And here's the thing, like you can go and listen to someone's viewpoint. You can disagree with it vehemently. I just think that the minute you try to shut them up Oh, you validate what they say. You're validating yeah. because in other people's mind, like I said, it's not always about the two people involved. It could be the, the spectators as well. When you have that third person, you know, you might they might just come out with a you know, an opinion you don't like. You know, oh well, you know what? Obviously you're trying so hard not to hear what he says. Maybe I need to listen to more of what he says. You know, it's yeah. a Streisand effect. Yeah. You know, the Streisand effect is real. The more you try to stop people from accessing something, you know, because I think the more you allow people to expose themselves to stuff, people will, people generally on a whole, not, you know, not at the individual level, on a whole, tend to choose things that are better beneficial to society, right? So, I would agree, so. So let's, you know, let's take Hitler's. You know, Hitler, yes, he rose to power in Germany, but not all the Germans, not every German's, I uh, supported them, and most of them that went along, they went along one in fear. That's why you had yeah. the secret affiliates you had. Most people don't understand concentration camps were not just for the Jews. Concentration camps were like for atheists, uh, some t- some religious people that spoke out against them. There were there Homos- were a lot homosexuals. of homosexuals. There were a lot of Germans, uh, and, and I know this because every year start it's, it's getting around that field trip time, and we go to concentration camps mm-hmm. and you start learning history, and it's like everyone thinks, oh, it's just Jews in concentration camps. Negative. There are a lot of French people. There's one that's close to here um, where a lot of French people were in turn that were living in Germany and stuff like that. And um, because they they were not going along with this German thing and spoke out against it, they're like, OK, well, you're you're going into the, the camp. Well, you know what? They should have been able to defend themselves, which is going <laughs> to lead so into our rants. All right. Don't don't. So this is something that came up. Um, this actually originally came up. Uh, in 2015, but it's it slowly, it's one of those things that keeps coming back up. And we're talking about the uh, 
country of Australia and why we think reason we're talking about this, even though neither of us are Australian or living in Australia. Did you just assume my nationality, mate? I, I, <laughs> there's a difference. I know, but that's what <laughs> that's what makes it so good. It's because it's terrible. I know. But don't don't ever assume my nationality. No, that's no. Oh Right, you're right. You know what? I was right. I cannot. I can. can I cannot resist. I'm sorry. No, but even though it's it's happening there in a land down under, uh, I think that was even worse than yours. <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> it's that it, it. You know, we constantly will look at other countries. And say, see, they're doing this, so we should do this too. And when if, when they're doing something bad, um, or or something that we think is wrong, then yeah, we're gonna speak up about it. So uh, the Australian Medical Association has been pushing a ban on combat sports uh, for a while now. Uh, like I said, originally the first big, you know, where it got media attention was about 2015, and it constantly comes back. So they actually banned um, cages for MMA matches because they cited uh, fighter safety, which is stupid because it's much safer. And I know personal appearance, it is much safer fighting in a cage than fighting in a ring. Oh yeah, trust me. You can't fall out of a cage. Yeah, you can't fall out of a cage. So definitely, it's much safer, and I've fought in both several times. So, so they're citing safety, right? Right. So they got rid of the cages. Well, so last year they recently um, they they lift the ban for cages. Okay. So um, around like the summer of last year, it might be earlier, but around summer of last year they lift the ban in cages, uh, and this is was setting up the the uh, allowing the UFC to actually do a. uh, uh, an event in, in, in Australia, and you know, so then they stepped up again. Was like, and they've been pushing to like change rules in MMA and boxing and all that stuff like that, and tighter, you know, more stricter regulation for fighters and things of that nature. And they're citing safety, but the problem I have with this is like none of the people, or at least the people who are a spokesperson that are up for or speaking out against this. None of them are fighters. None of them have done any of these activities. None of them have experiences. They don't know enough about it, and they're not consulting people who do. Well, that's that's very typical of this kind of climate right now. Yes. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, we've we've talked about this before. Um, you know, d- definitely off air, but you have um, two consenting adults, right? So this may be the libertarian side of me. Like, you two consenting adults should be able to do whatever they want, right? If we want to put on a cage match and you just beat each other bloody, if you're consenting to that, great, right? That's at the far end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. However, you also have, like, the UFC right now, right? The UFC has a cage, has referees, has medical staff, has all this, like, you know, you don't have average Joes going in there. You have guys who were trained, Mm -hmm. And I, and I'll say this: trained just like I said in the in the in our uh, BJJ interview with BC, it's much easier to to roll and, and to train and to fight with someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah, because it's they're not, safer. It's much safer. It's safer to do so. Um, but you know they don't. These people that are trying to push this lit, uh, litigation or uh, legislation, sorry, uh, they're not familiar with the current rules, which is yeah. going to be an ongoing theme in this one. They're not. Uh, familiar with the current rules uh, of the UFC or MMA um, they're, they're or not, of the culture. Yeah, they're not they're definitely not familiar with the culture. They're 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 kind of they're they're very um well they're they're trying to take the high road is really what it is. Yeah. We're not barbarians. We don't need to do this. It's just like, well, yeah, I love how they're saying like, oh, it's so brutal. I'm like, no, it's it actually not re- it's isn't. Not really. It's not really that brutal. Now, it's yeah. I mean, yeah, some fights get bloody and stuff like that, but I was like 
you are you so anytime you try to um regulate the aggression out of society um it fights back it does hard and it's gonna fight back because i'm sorry that's just that is our nature there is not going to be any time in in any foreseeable history that humans will not have aggression it's just it's something that is innate in human in, in beings period you mean humans always want conflict and war <sighs> what yeah they, as as a whole Name yeah. a name a decade without without any conflict on the planet. Like you, you I'll can't, wait. You can't, you can't. There's always, throughout the entirety of the world, there has always been some kind of conflict. Yeah, the history and, and and humans been around for about what a million years. Uh, uh, give or take a decade. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, one or two years. It's right about a million, I'd say. But let me there, go. There's talk always to conflict, and I said, and right now, combat sports are like the best way to channel it because you know. The thing is, and it is when people who don't engage in this, um, the most well-behaved people I always deal with tend to be guys who are involved in combat sports, whether it's wrestling, boxing, MMA, judo, karate, and stuff like that. I said because when it comes to training in those type of sports, and uh, and to be honest, on most sports, really, but the reason that makes combat sports uh, separate from these is because there is actually a um, – you get feedback really quickly about your uh, your performance. Your performance. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean. And it's not up to it. it generally, not up to um, interpretation. Like you know, you could do a, a gymnastic floor routine, and you know, it's up to people to interpret it, look and interpret it how well you did to, to give you a score. But when you're out there boxing and judo, look, there's it's you not really. You either did up, it right or you did it wrong. Yeah, it's it's really generally not up to interpretation. Mm-hmm. Generally, you can see real quickly how they are. Now, if they're two guys that are really closely locked, those are usually great matches because you get to see like the the some peak skill from two combatants. And mm-hmm. but you know, it, it's usually quite decisive. So the another thing they're pushing is they're trying to make sure that they're banning. They want to ban all these type of sports from kids, uh, anyone under the age of eighteen. Which is a huge no no. And I have mistake. I have so many problems with this. Yeah. I really do. Well, I think this is this is part of the global pussification of people. Well it is. It's we we be we've gone beyond an age where we shouldn't need violence. It's like still gonna still still yeah. still need to learn to fight. There's never been an age where we're yeah. not gonna need violence. It's some yeah. sorry, yeah. It's just not gonna happen. I understand their goal to be on the road to some euphoric utopia. But it's it's not going to happen during my decade. Yeah, it's not going to happen during my lifetime. It's not going to happen. Well, period, really. And and two, you know who you know who never needs safe spaces? Men. <laughs> no, that's not true. But different reasons. I but mean, tell tell me I'm wrong. Generally, no. Like like men. I'm talking like Ron Swanson men, not males. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I will. Okay, that, that's a different subject. But I will <laughs> I will slightly disagree in a sense. But when I say, okay, I won't say safe space. Okay. I won't say safe space uh, as it pertains to that, but you don't need the group hug, group therapy over because someone you don't like said something you didn't like. You know, yeah, people who don't like that, the people who generally don't need those safe spaces are guys that do combat sports. Combat sports are are contact sports. You know what I mean? Like, well, I wouldn't say contact sports. I would, I would say, I, w- I would say combat sports. I, I would because you like it, well, not not actually, not team oriented. I don't think team oriented would really no, provide that. I would say because I'm sorry, you you get rugby players and you get you know f- you know even American football players, 
they tend oh, and to like be hockey a, too, right? And hockey, yeah. They tend to be a, a more tougher, sterner crowd. And I'm saying, oh, like, okay, yeah, I can see that then. Yeah, they tend to be a tougher, tougher crowd where they they know how to deal with with stressors with stressors a lot more. And that's one of the benefits that sports gives you, and combat sports gives you more is a, your ability to learn to deal with stressors. Right. And it's like I I pr- honestly believe that you know every kid who is able. Uh, and some that are differently abled, I know PC, did use the PC word. Differently abled? Um, should be involved in some type of combat sport. Generally one that, that will show them, give them adequate feedback about their performance real quickly. Right. You know, whether it's wrestling in school or boxing or full contact karate, kickboxing, mm-hmm. judo. And, of course, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to push... Uh, jiu-jitsu. The jiu-jitsu. The jiu-jitsu. Well, to me, judo, jiu-jitsu, boxing, sambo, you know, we could list all those. That When you have kids that do that, especially when they do that to for, from an early age, they tend to be able to help, help uh, deal with the downfalls of life a lot easier because they're used to pushing through that because no, no one wakes up there. No one's born Bruce Lee. No one's born a ninja, right? So... When through that training, that training allows you to realize, one, you suck. There's one thing everybody who does combat sports knows for sure. You realize real quickly that you start off and you suck. And the way you get better is persevering. You're going to get choked. You're going to get tapped. You're going to get punched in the face. You're going to get leg kicked. You're going to get tossed. You're going to get pinned. You're going to do what you know on and on and on. And the way you get past that is you, you have to get up and you keep trying. You keep going. You keep practicing. You keep training. You keep refining. You get better. And those who really start getting better and proficient in these sports, you know, they've had to overcome a lot, you know, to get there. And and that usually translates, uh, you know, not 100 percent, but it does translate a lot over into your into daily life because you don't fall to pieces the first time you're you're felt you're you're met with something with something negative or something yeah. that, you know, that's that's hurt, holding you back. Would you say that those uh, those people that have that kind of background would have a more mature mindset when it comes to real life situations? Uh, generally, I would say yes. Yeah. I would generally say At yes. At least just the, the resiliency, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just to be able to, to kind of go through those uh, those hardships and come out the other side. Now, some of my issues that I have with the banning of combat sports, especially with youths, right? So uh, I am, being a new father, I am highly against someone telling me how how to how to parent, and so essentially this invites the government to tell me what what I can and cannot do, like essentially removes a tool from my toolbox on how I can provide tools to, um, to my kid to say hey, you know, we're going to go out and we're going to make you tough. Right, it's not just about making your body tough; it's about making your personality tough, mm-hmm. and about maturity and helping you problem solve and critical thinking and uh, emotional security. Because hey, yeah, you got your ass kicked out there, Billy. You ready for round two? Yeah, because this is gonna keep coming, right? Like what uh, Rocky said in uh, Rocky. Yeah. What was it Ro- Rocky Balboa? Yeah. No, no. Uh, it was one of the Rockies when he's old. Uh, he's I like, think, wasn't it, it? It was the latest one. Creed. The latest one. I think it means Creed. Was it Creed? No, it wasn't Creed. You sure? Yeah, it was because when he was talking to his kid, right? Oh, then that had been Rocky Balboa. Yeah, it was Rocky Balboa. Yeah, and he was just like, it's not about how hard you get hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, yeah. which is completely true, right? Because nobody's going to live a perfect life. No. And if you have a perfect life, I'd really like to join you on your private island out in the Bahamas or Maldives <laughs> or wherever you're at. Yeah. Um, but 
so it invites government to tell you what you can and cannot do with your child, right? So it, it's essentially that that fostering a helicopter parent mentality. Um, then and we know how well that works. Oh God, it doesn't work at all, man. I remember playing out in the st- until the streetlights came on. Mm-hmm. I better get my ass home. Uh, you know, but I, I was given kind of car blanche to do what I wanted. I had I had I had, I had rules. Yeah, I had, you rules. had boundaries. I had boundaries. I couldn't cross the street in one direction or do something, but I could do what I wanted. Uh, but it it takes away a critical avenue that kids need to learn early on, and that is to stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I say this because you see a lot of these bullying videos. This guy was bullied, and then these celebrities came to his aid and all this stuff. Well, guess what? If Billy knew how to defend himself, this wouldn't even made the news. Isn't but what happened was they celebrified it by throwing John Cena or another celebrity mm-hmm. into the situation, and now they're giving this kid gifts. Well, guess what? Now you just rewarded a victim victim mentality to where now he's going to go out and seek to be a victim again because he was rewarded for that last time. And, and the thing I hate about that when they do these interviews, like if you're going to teach a kid to deal with bullying, and and I have I'm not a new father. My kids, my kids are my kids are are uh, I have an adult child and I have teenagers, and I've had to do I've had to deal with this. I've had to deal with the bullies and stuff like that. And I had to teach the, the lessons to you know my girls and my boys, is that you have to learn to advocate for yourself. And that's one thing. That's one of the reasons why I put them in jujitsu. I put them in kickboxing. I, I make them do these things because it made them learn to advocate for themselves. And and you know everyone thinks oh well. You know, you got to go out and you're going to have to fight the bully and, you know, you got to beat the bully. And I was like, no, that's not even true. I said, I'm telling you, like, I'll, I'll tell you growing up, you know, not every bully I beat, you know, there's one that got away. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he ran really fast. But the thing was, like, he knew from then, he's like, no, you know, and I made it clear that, you know, you, if you keep going, we're going to, this, you see how we're both bloody up and scratched up from this fight? It's going to happen again. I'm not going to stop fighting. I will continue to fight you. And one of these times I'm gonna win, mm-hmm. right? And you know, after that fight, we fought one time. Yeah. And I didn't win that fight, but you know what? We never fought again, and yeah. he never messed with me again because yeah. he knew I'm gonna fight. I was like, yeah. look, it's gonna happen. He was older than me, he was bigger than me, but I was like, yeah, no, we're gonna fight again. Yeah, I'm not the one. Yeah, I was I'm like, not, I'm not gonna take this laying down. And when you do that, you you advocate for yourself, and you're able to assert yourself. You you have to learn that lesson because bullying doesn't stop in school. It, oh no, no! You want to talk about workplace hazing? Yeah. Which, if done in a in a in a in a friendly manner, I am all for workplace hazing. By the way, oh, that's because we're military folks. And that's oh, but still, it's 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 a it's a camaraderie driven. As long as nobody's hurt in the process, that's fine well, with that's me. That's true. I mean, if well, it's like, hey, hurt. <laughs> uh, no, that's not the kind. But. You know, I mean, as long you know, as nobody's getting hurt, I didn't hurt want him to like get that. hurt. He just got somehow magic. All right, we're not going to go down cop. this. Si- we're not going to go down this segue. <laughs> oh, we're we're okay. Just uh, before maybe. anyone get out, we're 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 out. It's over. We're not fall- oh. under UCMJ anymore. So, oh yeah, yeah, suck it. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, no, it, it, yeah, it does. It does continue in the workplace. It does continue. Like you got to deal with coworkers, and even outside the workplace, you're gonna have to deal with other people, and you're gonna realize really quick. At you know, two lessons I give my kids. Uh, all the time and, and my oldest who is out in the world on her own uh, now and, and starting you know she's starting to see this coming to fruition is that look one there are assholes out there there are people out there that are not going to like you yeah. right and number two the majority of the people you meet on a daily basis don't give a fuck about you yeah so it might seem harsh you know but the better the the more you learn how to deal with that 
the better you're going to be. And one of those things you did, one way to deal with that is to learn to advocate. Because when you see that asshole and, you know, they are trying to, you know, impose on you, humiliate you, do something. When they realize you are going to advocate for yourself and you're going to stand up and you're not going to be an easy target. They usually back off, right? They generally back off. And sometimes they need a little bit more encouragement. That's why I teach them to choke people. Yeah. I'm just saying. choking is caring. Because choking is caring. Now, part of my thing, and, I'm, and this is probably going to segue right into our other t- topic, is um, I I want, and this is why I'm 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 t- I'm doing jujitsu, and why I want my my kid to do jujitsu, is because no matter what situation you're in, if you cannot handle it yourself, if you have to rely on somebody else, you've already lost. Yeah. Because uh, this is a common um, discussion, especially with bullying victims and even um uh anti-gun victims or just in crime in general yeah just a crime victim you should run away and tell a teacher or you should tell the policeman it's like well one the teacher doesn't have any real authorization or any real um uh Uh, uh, authority to to do anything it's little jimmy don't pick on bobby right that's pretty much it I'll yeah. call your parents, right? But really, who gives a shit? Nobody. It, it doesn't, it doesn't stop age, anything. Yeah, in this day and age, the, the, the students are telling the teachers, you know, they're, they're mouthing off to it. Like, before, we used to, when I was in school, you know, the teachers, we, we used to talk about, we talked about this before, they used to be able to paddle you. Oh, yeah. Oh, I had that in my school. Yeah. yeah you, you country to, school. You had to paddle permission. My parents used to sign that shit every year. Oh, mm-hmm. so mad. And, and then I would get home and get my ass beat again. Yeah. And and it's like because if someone else had to had to paddle you to, to you know, because you're acting out, you're embarrassing yeah. the family. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get it again when you got oh, home. Oh, yeah. Well, my mom, uh, so whenever, I, when I was young and I would uh, go uh, stay at someone's house, my mom would always call ahead. And what she would do is she would say, yeah. He can st- he can stay over. It's like if, if he acts up, you have my permission to whoop him. Give me a call, and then when he comes back, I'll get him too. And so I got it on both ends from like mothers all around the neighborhood. Oh yeah, we we used to have that. I used to. I, I will tell this one real quick. Um, rest her soul, uh, Miss Ruby. Now Miss Ruby was my my grandmother's friend and when i was at my grandmother's house miss ruby was that that lady that sat out there on the porch and she looked after everybody and all that and then you had miss ossie down the street who had the freeze pops you know <laughs> in the corner store and you had all that. it's hot it's hot you know the south florida and you you know you had that community and if you saw if one of them saw you do something oh yeah they'll tan your little tail and then they you know grandma will come home and they tan your tail and then grandma will tell my parents and then they'll tear my tail and it was like man I'm catching three ass whoopings for one event you know that's kind of unfair but you know what it made me do it it made me act right yeah. it made me on my yes yes sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'ams and be be act you know act right in public because you never knew you know my mom used to always say you never know who's watching that and is it, absolutely right yeah. But going back to the topic and why, you know, the whole thing on, uh, you know, combat sports, because the thing with me also on combat sports, and I push this heavily, is that because combat sports not only teach you self-advocacy, but it also it teaches you self-defense. Now, I know there's some reality-based guys who are going to be like, well, you know, it's a sport. It has rules. And, and you're a fucking idiot. Shut the fuck up. Because every time I see some, you know, oh, this is my style for the street. I'm fucking deadly. Uh, we're not talking like Shaolin, cultural Chinese martial arts. We're talking no. like actual I'm the able to able to defend yourself martial arts. Right. You know? We're Wait. talking the Tai Chi's. 
<laughs> no, no, we're, we're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, said it. Aikido yeah, guys come yeah, at me. Yeah, no, Steven but Seagal. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, but, but I mean, like you know, the real combat sports teach you, you know, proficiency. Like, yeah, you're not going to become Jason Bourne, or you might. You never know. Um, but you are going to have you're going to have such a great foundation of dealing with conflict that dealing with people who don't train actually becomes a whole lot easier. It's a breeze. I wouldn't say a breeze all the time, but you you realize really quickly like you that, know, that you have the upper hand in the situation. Yeah, cuz I yeah. I could tell you I could say right now very confidently and people, you know, no, I'm not exaggerating. Usually, you know, at that the first engagement, it, I already know if I'm going to have a chance to win this fight, if I'm going to win this fight or not. You know, and well, it, I, I would say you mean like first engagement, like what, like, like the like, the minute like, we just start, we start tussling. I learn really quickly because I would even say before that, eh, you never know. Well, you never know, but generally, and what we t- touched on a little while ago is kind of the the persona that the other person or that someone may uh, exemplify or that 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 you see. Normally, those guys are going to be nice and chill, and they yeah. have they they have less to prove I than another generally, guy. I don't think I've ever got. I I don't think I've ever gotten a fight with like someone else who trained. No, you know no, I mean? absolutely no, because they know yeah. they're just like. Mm, well, no, nah, I, I take could, that back. I, I, could I really tell a you. lie. I, I tell, tell a lie. I did. My best friend in the world. Uh, he uh, he got in a fight. Me and him got in a fight because I thought he was helping the. I thought he was on the side of the guy that I was really having a problem with. Someone who was trying to bully me, and I was fighting him. He was on the football team. Uh, the guy that became my best friend, he was also on the football team. So when he came to try to break us up, I thought he was trying to help jump in with his friend. So I fought him, and I recognized real quickly I wasn't good enough <laughs> to win that fight. <laughs> but it was, but, but I think that was the spur of the moment thing. Yeah, that, that's not like a building up to it. Well, that's no, more no, of no. an instinct, like oh, I'm going to go after him now. Yeah, but you know. that was, but you know, and he was trying to break up the fight, and then yeah. we, and as I said, he's he's he, we became friends after that. Yeah, you know, because that, you're just like, well, I'm not gonna fight this dude again. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I, oh no, I, I constantly <laughs> try to fight him again because I wanted to see how good I was getting. That's just me. I'm but, like, but, you, but not from like a hateful standpoint. Oh, no, you no, wanted no. like a competitive yeah, standpoint. I wanted yeah. to see how good it was. Which, which I think is a completely different mentality. Yeah. No, that was a that that became a rival mentality. Oh know? yeah, that was you? that was a ruined Ken sort of mentality. See mm-hmm. which one is good. And two plus our parents um, were friends too. So when they had card night, I, we had to go see each other. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, we became friends, but no. Generally, on the most part, most of the times I've been in uh, conflicts um, out on the street or you know altercations, clubs and stuff. Like, I knew real quickly that one, the other person has no idea what they're doing, and the fights generally end very quickly. And and to be quite honest, you know, the pat toot my own horn a little. Most of my MMA fights don't last long. They very rarely like like if you see most of my my MMA fights, you could take my fights together and. You probably won't reach thirty minutes, and that's over ten fights. You know, yeah, that's pretty good, I'd say. Yeah, most of them end are they're actually really, really quick, um, and you know, not because I'm the baddest dude out there. It's just that you know, I, I am pretty good, but it's just that you know, you you can tell by training and, and stuff like that how how you're gonna affect this fight and which way this gonna, way is gonna go. And generally, when I'm out, um, the couple of fights I haven't been in a real fight in a while. Um, it's been actually years because I'm getting older and, 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 well, I'm older and bigger and more intimidating, I guess. That's what uh, I generally say. <laughs> you're a giant 
Teddy bear. I am a teddy bear, but not not. That's if you know me. <laughs> yeah. People who see me in the, in the first time are like, oh, oh, big black guy, big oh. black dude. <laughs> so I actually have not been in a, a real fight in a couple of years. But I could tell you from my last my, I will tell you my last fight I was actually in was all about five seconds, and it ended with a knockout. So well. And then it was really clear from opening standpoint. And I wasn't trying to fight the guy. The only reason we, we got in a fight is because he tried, when I was trying to make him exit appropriately, the, the bar, he grabbed the bottle off the off the, the bar and tried to break it over my head. And when he did that, I was just like, all right, well, there's no reasoning with this guy anymore. And you're done. And he's done. <laughs> so let's get back on track. So uh, self-defense. 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 So self-defense. Um you, you should just always have some kind of self-defense, whether it's uh, a woman needing self-defense to fend off uh, yeah, a potential rapist or a sexual assaulter or um, a mugger or yeah, and anything. Like, I mean, I'm trying to go down to, like, why women specifically would need it. Well, because a man, I think, would need it because we experience many more conflicts than women do on, a, on an average yeah, basis. Yeah, we're, we're the more recipients. Exactly. But for women to know this is just you have all kinds of women's self-defense classes. Well, I'm 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 actually against women's self defense classes. Well, I, I, for for here and, and let me let but, me. But I'm quick. saying like they're advocating that you should know how to defend yourself. You that's do. What I'm, that's but what I'm saying. The reason I hate I hate a lot of women's self defense classes or a way to run is that they they will. So let me be very clear when it comes to self defense, especially for women and, and young kids. Majority of self defense is situational awareness. All right, that's first and foremost. Situational awareness is your is your number one skill you need to develop for self defense. The physical part is actually the the last resort part, but it also takes the most time to be proficient in. All right. So the problem I have with women's self-defense classes is that a lot of them will give the women an uh, uh, unrealistic expectation of their, of their attacker. Right. Of their attacker or their skills. And I, I generally say I don't do women's self-defense course, even though I get invited to, to teach them all the time. But I'm I they're usually so I will say with me, Mike, the first thing I do to a nerve just to show how to, you know, make it a reality for women, you know, and I've actually opened a class with this, you know, just to let them know the reality. I said, listen, this class, the seminar here is two hours. I said, I'm going to let you know at the start of the seminar, if I wanted to rape you, I will rape you. You're not going to fight me off at the end of the seminar. If I wanted to rape you, I'm going to rape you. You're not going to fight me off. What I'm telling you this is that this is not, you're not going to leave here being able to, this is this alone is not going to give you the physical uh, ability to fight off a man. Right. I said, so I want you guys to pay attention to that. First and foremost, I don't want you to go thinking, oh, well, I took this class and I'll be able to do this move or this trick and stuff like that. Nope. And I'll be able to take this guy out. I'm like, I'm a big dude. I'm 250 pounds, you know. It's an ongoing process. It's a, you're right. It has to be an ongoing process. And like I said, situational awareness, majority of your self-defense situations, you know, where it's going to deal with that. The physical part is the, the the low end. Like, that's the smallest part of it, but it's also the one that takes the most time to be proficient in. And you and I want and I generally encourage them to continue training because I see this a lot where, you know, and I have a, I've had women tell me this, too. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, you teach self-defense. Yeah, I took this. I took this Krav Maga seminar and, you know, and now I feel good walking down the street. And I was like, oh, really? How many how long you've been training? Oh, I just took that one. You yeah, should be confident. You don't, in that. you don't have any. 
and don't that's, have any uh, foundation. And that's my problem with a lot of women's self-defense classes. Not all. There there are a lot of guys out there that do a very good job at teaching and being very realistic about their self-defense. Well, I think that's because it's geared as a self-defense seminar instead of kind of a a full discipline like jiu-jitsu and judo and yeah, krav maga. You have a lot of people who will sell that like, oh, come to this yeah. seminar and learn to defend yourself. You know. Well, yeah, uh, and it, and also know. I want you back for return seminars. So a lot of them don't do it. That's well, a, that's a kind well, of my that's problem. A, that's or a they crappy don't, capitalist. Yeah, or they don't they don't uh, offer. So like they'll fly in someone right and mm-hmm. they'll do a seminar, but they don't offer any follow up. Like I will tell people if I'm actually flown in somewhere to do a seminar, for instance, like I went down to Paris and did one. Um, I told him, I gave him follow up. I said, look, this is going to, this is requires you more training. I said, here are the places around the, around Paris. Now, none of these, none of these places I have any ties to. Yeah. All right. I do know certain people here, but you know, there's no, like no financial ties for me. And I was like, look, these are places you should try to go to and, and seek further training because you're not going to learn all that here. You know, and I, like I rep, there's a boxing club there. There's a jujitsu club there. You know, the Krav Maga, KMG, Krav Maga, uh, Krav Maga I, Global. I there. think part of it is not just learning the techniques, but getting out of the mindset or getting into, into the, the mindset, mindset, really. Mindset is really big. Yeah, because knowing, uh, how, can I, how do you say this? Knowing and feeling comfortable in a combat situation is very difficult for many, many people. Yeah, because if you're, especially something you're not used to. And that's another reason why I, I do push combat sports, even for people trying to learn self-defense is because you actually learn to get used to being in those combat situations. Yeah. So yeah. when you are in a fight or when you are trying to protect yourself and those you love, you are like your mind space is not it's not a drastic change. You're just like, "Oh, okay, you yeah. s- you flip a switch and now you kind of go into tactical mode and you can you're you're more geared. It's, it feels more natural. You're not your adrenaline is not running as much. You're not panicking, you're not yeah, overthinking. You know, it, it's yep. it becomes so much more natural. And and this is one thing I also want to put out to the the reality based guys when they always say, "Well, you're gonna learn if you do combat sports, you're gonna learn to fight in the rules." I, look, I grew up doing combat sports. Never when I was in a fight that I ever feel that I was restricted by rules. Ne- rules never came in. My, the, the only time rules come in my mind when doing combat sports is uh, when the referee is telling me I can't do that. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> other than that, it's like, okay, well, you know what. Uh, when when I'm out in a fight, you know, guys would say that. Oh, well, you know, rules. There's there's no tapping on the streets. You're like, you're damn right because you're right because I I'm break your gonna, arm. I'm not gonna I rip let your you knee go. out. Yeah, it's like, I choke you out. You yeah. know, it's. Uh, but that's something that we talked about with BC. Also, yeah. is you know, uh, when he was talking about how, uh, the guy he was training was in a competition and he had the guy his opponent in the triangle, but he didn't grab the leg, mm-hmm. right? So. Yeah, you you failed in his eyes at that because if you were on the street, you would have been power bombed. Yeah, right. Uh, and this, I think, is I think it's that mindset. Do you train to compete or do you train to survive? So I always tell people, I and I'm actually gonna steal. I steal this this saying from Elio Gracie a from lot. Me. No, not Elio. <laughs> not even Brazilian. I know. Um, but no, he said uh, we should use comp- uh, paraphrasing. is like we should use competition to sharpen our self-defense skills, right? And yeah, what absolutely. it means by that, you know, I often tell people, I said, when's the last time you got punched in the face? When's the last time you punched someone in the face? To, for me, it was Tuesday, <laughs> right? Oh, that's so nice. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, if I'm doing this constantly, I'm being hit and hitting back constantly, or I'm trying to take people down, I'm trying to choke them, I'm trying to armbar them, I'm trying to do all that. I'm doing that constantly. 
So when I'm faced with someone, I am I I do flip back in that mode. And and like I said, I you know I wasn't just the you know jujitsu. I was also a combat as a, cl- a CQB instructor in the military and stuff like that. I am an animal war vet. Um, so I I always gear my training to self-defense or real life situations, but I know that the impact that combat sports have and competition has in preparing us for those situations are, are great. So like, for instance, um, Matt Larson, uh, who was the uh, grandfather of the modern army combatives program. Uh, he likes that target. I still love you, brother. Uh, <laughs> he, he often says like, it w- um, we're not going to win and this is for the army. He's like, we're not going to win the war for being, the better hand-to-hand combat. We're going to win the war because of what it takes to be a better hand-to-hand combatant. All, all the work and everything you put all into All the it, training, yeah. the mindset, everything that goes into making you a good hand-to-hand combat fighter is the same things that's going to carry you over when you're dealing, facing with the real situation. And a lot of, you know, the reality-based guys don't want to talk about that, but this is not about them. Um, I know I mentioned them a lot, but that's, that's what helps. So that's why combat sports, especially for kids, is a very key thing. And it's also better to do it while they're young because while they're young, they're not physically strong, right? They're not they're not li- really super strong. They're they're so not going to be able to knock out the other kid. No, they're not going to be able to break arms and femurs and all that shit. Yeah, not easily. And then uh, well, no, I mean it's going to yeah. be a huge size disadvantage if it is, right? Right. And so what they have to learn is they learn to be they t- tend to learn to to learn the techniques and not rely on their physical prowess. You know, because mm-hmm. a lot of kids, so w- one of my problems I have teaching adults or, or older, you know, even teenagers stuff is that I might get a kid in who is, he's a physical specimen, right? So he might get away, or, or she, might get away with, with improper technique because they are physically strong, fast, or whatever, and they're able to apply it. And I was like, okay, well, if you apply it, I can't really, I don't really talk down about it. It's like, hey. The only wrong, the only wrong move I use, I always say in jiu-jitsu, the only wrong move is the only bad move in jiu-jitsu is the one that gets you submitted. Right. Yeah, okay. So I'm not. So I'm going to remember that next time we're training. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, hey, if it gets you submitted, it was probably bad. All right. Wait, wait. You said that's happened. Okay. You're right. That's. But if you if you're able to get it, like so, if you get an arm bar and you got it because you're big and strong and you're able to rip the arm off of someone defending, you know, no technique, like give me that arm and and you get the tap. I'm really not gonna. I can't really say much because you got the tap. But I'm still gonna push learning technique. Because if you want to learn, learning the technique, being more technical is what really carries you through mm-hmm. anything else. Now, I always say it's, it's great to be big and strong. I am big and strong. I'm not going to no- knock that. It's great. But it, you also have to know how to run it. But it's it's much better to be technical. So kids tend to be more ke- technical. And I will say this. Girls tend to be more technical than boys. I completely agree yeah. with that. Girls tend yeah. to be more technical. But, so it's usually easier teaching them that technique because they really they will usually take it and dissect it because they realize – a lot of them, especially when they're starting in the teenage years, is that they're not going to be as strong as the boys. They're not, yeah. you know, they're going to realize that the the boys are going to be able to, like, you know what? I don't think you should have my arm now. Urgh, take yeah. it out. So they got to start to be more technical. So the technique, learning them, getting that technical, you know, having them focus on being technical when they're young is generally better because one, it's going to help them avoid injury. Yeah. It's going to help and on proper both sides. Te- proper technique avoids injury. Yeah, on Absolutely. both sides. On both sides. It's going to help them avoid injury. You know, they're not going to be. And so when they do get up and then they do start filling out and they start becoming big and strong and stuff like that where they can actually do damage, 
they are going to be one wise to that, you know, and they're going to be able to judge that uh, properly. Hey, I don't need to hit this dude in the head with all my might. I know if I do this, I know if I just choke him at these points on the neck, he'll go to sleep. He'll go to sleep and he'll wake up refreshed. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz choking is caring. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, and that's just that's one thing. So, taking that away from kids or even suggesting to do that um is a terrible thing and no one should ever we sh- we should not we we should definitely need to pay attention to that. Yeah. yeah. Well, my whole thing, right, is do we want our kids to be in harm's way? Absolutely not. Right. No Anybody that says yes to that is an absolute idiot. Or they, you know, they may hate kids. Uh, but then you also have They're the flip side of that. Do you want your kid to be prepared to take on any obstacle that's in their path? Yeah. yeah absolutely. You try to prepare them as best as you can. Absolutely. And, as best and as they can. They are. And and that for 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 the AMA, the uh, Australian Medical Association, to say that you know it's not needed well that's not for you to decide it's not for you to decide you know and i I, i'll say this starting i'll say jujitsu starting jujitsu at any age it's never too late never however i would like i wish i would have started when i was 10 (laughs) you know like because because that's so because i mean you know i would have developed you know, and this is I'm I'm pushing all of my mishaps on to my my kid, but I want to set set my kid up for proper education. Be able to defend herself as needed. I don't. I want. I want to feel safe knowing that she can take care of herself outside. You know. Oh, a bully's bullying you. Well, what'd you do? What'd you do? Oh well, he didn't. He's like, did you choke him out? Yeah, I did. I left him on the playground. Oh, good girl. Yeah. Good girl. Will well, he wake think, up? Yeah. Okay. I think I told you the story with with my daughter, with my two daughters, and um, and um, the bully. So we were where we were at on one place. This one, this girl who was in the same grade as my oldest daughter was bullying my my middle child, and she would do it. So she was scared of my my oldest daughter. Right. Oh, yeah. She was I'm, scared I'm, of her. I'm scared of her too. <laughs> <laughs> good good call. Good call. <laughs> But what she would do is when they were walking home and, you know, she would walk with her, my oldest would walk with her friends and then my, my, uh, my middle would walk, you know, generally by herself or walk with her friends. And this, um, I will call her fat bitch, um, Ooh, would come up I like and, that name. and harass, it's very descriptive, harass my, my middle child. And she pushed her one time, knocked her down and mm. she came home crying and i i wasn't i wasn't there yet so i didn't hear anything so um unbeknownst to me she when she got home my, so my oldest came home and she saw you know saw her sister crying and she was like what what's wrong so her sister told her unbeknownst to me and, I, and i'm so proud of this they hatched a plan oh a plan they hatched a plan what are we going to do today people? so the next day she uh my oldest went ahead first after school, and she went and she hid. So she can see, you know, and we, we lived on this long street. So once you came out to school, you know, you went down this short street, you turned on the main street where we lived, and then you, it was a straight shot home. Mm-hmm. So she sat there and hid, and she watched. And so my middle child was walking home, as she usually do, you know, with her friends and stuff like that, and fat bitch came out and started messing with her. Get him. So Get em. I'm gonna tell you how dumb fat <laughs> bitch was. So my middle child was like, she was she was confronting her like, hey, you're gonna leave me alone. I'm letting you know like, you need to back off. 
back off or it's going to get bad for you, right? And she's like, oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Do-do-do-do-do. Right. So my oldest comes out and says, like, oh, what are you doing my what with my uh what are you doing to my sister? And he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. and she's like, Yeah, I heard what you did yesterday. And um I'm about to make sure you don't do that again. So this is the part I rolled up on. Ooh. I'm driving home and you just see this on the side. I've seen this on the side of the road and I'm seeing my my oldest perform an Uchimada <gasps> on fat bitch and like slam her to the ground like i was driving by and i was like "Ooh, that's impressive <laughs> right so I, they saw me and i was i, I contemplated i said should i stop and say anything so real quick or, for, uh, for the listeners what is an uchimata so just, uchimata, just a very quick uh, explanation so uchimata is a judo throw um and and i taught my otis uh, I, th- I started her at seven in judo i i trained that's probably where, that was around the time i started doing judo um so uchimata is a throw where you're, you're grabbing an opponent um Usually it's a arm, a sleeve, and collar tie up. But you know, anywhere you could do a, a neck and, and elbow tie up if you want. If they're not wearing any clothes, and what you do is you, you're gonna you you break their balance forward. Um, you're gonna turn. I always say going my way with them, and you're gonna use your your the leg that's in between their leg. Um, you you sweep that up into their thigh as you're ah. pushing and pulling, and then it causes. So it's almost like a like a. Like a hip throw on steroids. It's, well, you know, it's not really a hip throw because right, you're not but using it's hip. almost the same motion, right? Because you're essentially, it's it's not picking up, but leveraging their bodies over yeah. you and slamming them on the ground. Yeah, and and okay. the the thing about uchimadas and even well, and if she's like fat bitch. I mean, yeah. damn. Well, if you don't know how to break your fall or take the fall, you tend to people who don't know how to take falls. I don't. I don't think she yeah, knew. She didn't know how to. She do wasn't it. ready. She wasn't because I saw it and I was like, <laughs> oh. Ooh. <laughs> that's gonna hurt. So you know what though? That's how bullies learn, man. Yeah. That's how bullies. Oh, yeah. I'm not doing that anymore. So I was like, okay, I'm not gonna. I, because I, I was one. I wanted to stop <laughs> and get out and be like, it's Dad Man. <laughs> Dad Man's here. But I was like, no. That was a great throw. If and I, just I get back in the car and leave. <laughs> yeah. If I intervene, well, to me, I thought it's like a, if I intervene now, you know, saying is they're gonna feel that they need a fallback. Like, no, oh, no. Yeah. I say, well, they're not in danger. Mm-hmm. Now, Obviously, if I was coming by and fat bitch had my daughter on the ground, was feeding her teeth, yeah, I probably I'd stop. Yeah. I would probably I would stop, yeah. you know, and I'd drop kicker because I don't care about other people's kids. But <laughs> <laughs> true but, story, by the way, true story. Uh, yeah, I would a drop kicker. But I was like, okay, she's handling this, right? So mm-hmm. I'm gonna let them tell me what happens when I get home. Yeah. So I went down, I parked, and you know, I I waited for them to come home, and so they came home, and you know, they saw me come by. And I, they told me the story, and I was like, okay, good. I was like, good. This is so. I, I'm, I came home after watching this, and I parked, and I go in the living room, and I waited for them, and they came up to me, and they told me what happened, and I was like, okay, good, because this is exactly why I train you. This is exactly what I want you to do. You know, one, I always teach them to look out for each other, so I was very happy that you know, big sister looking out after little sister. Uh, my son wasn't in school yet. And two, they handled a physical altercation perfectly. Yeah. You know? So this was really important because later that night, um, Fat Bitch's parents came to my house. Ooh. I, loved to, I would love to be a fly on the wall. Oh, it was great. Now, uh, when Fat Bitch's dad came to my house, you know, he 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 looked angry through the peephole. Ooh. He stopped looking angry when he saw you. When I opened the door, oh, that's nice. And looked angry back. 
and told him that I know what happened. I was like, this is what my kids were saying. And I believe them because my kids don't do this sort of thing. Yeah. You know, my kids don't pick on, my kids are not bullies. Um, your kid, fat bitch, um, I, I could tell just from the opening moments of talking to her that, yeah, she was lying out of her teeth. Right. And I was just walking home and yeah. dripped out and ate. And I'm no, like, no. And I said, first of all, my middle child isn't going to make up a story like that. She's really especially sweet. when it's a recurring thing, right? Yeah, and she's—I mean, she's really sweet. She was, she was at that time, <laughs> at that time, that, that so much has changed. <laughs> at the time, she was very shy. You know, mm-hmm. she was very shy. She, she had a very small group of friends. She would—you had to struggle to get five words out of her. Like I said, so much has changed. Um, so I'm like, yeah, my daughter to come up and and make up a story that you pushed her on the ground and did all this stuff and was messing with her and, and you know that. I was like, yeah, that's not her. She doesn't do things for attention. She tries to s- stay away from attention. I said, so, yeah. And he's like, well, why did you have her, you know, your, your, why did your other daughter jump? I said, because she's looking after her, her baby sister. I said, how about next time you don't have your child pick on my child? And if you have a problem with this, we'll deal with that. Oh. And I said, so problem was solved. Problem solved. Problem staying solved. But, uh. You know, and and I, I that lesson is something that carried her on. So even even to, you know. but I mean that's so so that's something that you know you taught your daughters how to defend themselves, how to take care of these uh, social stress stressors. Mm-hmm. That, that whiskey is really good, and then also to be mature enough to problem solve, critical mm-hmm. thinking, and how to handle problems on their own. Right, because if you're not setting your child up to take care of themselves. Then you're failing as a parent, I yeah. think. Um, now, your parent, I, I definitely want my child to be able to be fully independent as early as possible um, to alleviate my fears, right? Because I, I, if she if she can do whatever she wanted without without the fear of obstacles, right? She has the motivation, she has the know how, she has the the grit, the determination that she learns in these sports to push through those. Yeah. And, and that's a fantastic so, thing. So, and I know we were going to segue to... Yeah, we got to segue. Well, no. We? I, I think we're going to... I think it's best to end it here because I think our next segue should be its own episode. It could be. It could it, be. It really could because I, you know, and it's going to continue this thing with self-defense. And now, you know, we were talking about how it affects kids and um you know ha- learn take teaching them to protect themselves and and have confidence advocate for themselves so what we were going to transition to and i think it's going to be really longer is that we're going to start talking about well how this is applied to adults right mm-hmm. and in the united states right now i think one of the biggest things that we got to talk about is is the use of firearms and the possession of firearms in this in this topic um i i did read a article well, I, i'm not even going to say use of firearms and the ownership of firearms. I'm going to say the ability and with the the ability to defend yourself, period, point blank, whether it's martial art or some kind of weapon. Yeah. And and I, I well, true, and I agree with that hundred percent, but I think uh with that firearms is part of that discussion. Absolutely. And but it, it's a much broader it's a much broader, but I think we need to have that discussion. And if here. I can't train jujitsu, you know, until I turn eighteen yeah, I'm already way behind the curve because I'm an adult and I'm supposed to be able to do all, everything adults can do, but I'm a white belt. Well, and and that's the kind of reason, 
that's kind of the reason why you know I want to talk about this and, and the ability because if you if they're going to ban combat sports right and a tool that's used for people to protect themselves and in the United States right now the gun debate is a very big hot topic situation I mean it is not we, and to be honest in history there has been a point where like one country trying to subjugate another population they told them they could not pr- practice martial arts they couldn't practice any form of combat because you know and that's tyranny yeah exactly i mean uh because what that's what happened shortly after right yep like uh, a form of tyranny came over and uh you know the the populace did not know how to defend themselves against the intruders they couldn't defend what they did is that when they they started they tried to subjugate them they 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 banned any they banned weapons they banned any practice of martial arts and I mean uh, or of any any form of combat or anything they can see because they because a, a population that is not only armed and and able to defend themselves is not going to be subjugated absolutely right how do you oppress a bunch of armed people you don't yeah you don't yeah all right but that's another topic so I think it's good to cut it off right now and we'll pick this up in the next episode yeah so stay tuned see ya Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Dose Offensive Gentleman podcast. We want to hear what you got to say, so leave us a comment below and hit that like button. Also, subscribe so you can get your future DOG updates.